What a cool vision the church has for healing next year. Uh, I think it's really appropriate for the last couple of years. It's, quite, it's been a tough couple of years, and I think the community, the world needs that, and it's so awesome that our church is leading in that. So that is awesome that we're doing it. So we all take a seat. Thank you. Cool. All right. Who made a decision today? Whoa, no one. Who made a decision today? All right, some of you. Well, you're all here, aren't you? So you made somewhat of a decision. You're all clothed, hopefully fed, but you're all here. So you've made a decision today to come here. And I want to talk about decisions. So I, uh, I guess I have the honor to, to close off a series today about, um, that much wisdom has been passed on through, through, uh, through Vicky and Paul and through uh, the brother Reuben. So I just want to sort of build on that and sort of close that off. So um, I want to share, my word is today is fork in the path decision. All right? And it's about the path and some of the decisions we make along there. Because we all know the, bliss, the, the, the I guess the ultimate blessing is, is Jesus Christ. But there are many blessings around that that come from that. And I want to talk about that path that comes from it and some of the decisions we make when we get to a fork in our path. Um, so I want to talk about a little bit of my fork in my path, just a little bit about when I came to my, I guess, my decision or decision that was made um, five and a half years ago. So five and a half years ago, I was at a time in my life where um, we were at our lowest, I guess, as a family. I was at my lowest as an individual. I was um, suffering depression and anxiety and other bits and pieces were going on in my life, which, which had come from many things, from childhood and other things, but it snowballed to this point in my life five and a half years ago. And um, it was rolling on into my family. So as a father, I was falling short. As a husband, I was falling short. As a friend, I was falling short. And all those things accumulated to that time in my life where I was at my lowest. So the lowest I've been. So I got to the point where um, I was quite secluded from my family. Um, my communication with them was, was very few. It wasn't very often, to be honest. And if it was, it was, it was very poor. And it was either angry or it was just it was low. Or it was just that whole part. So all that, all that part of my life had just come to this point five and a half years ago. Um, and I remember being on the couch. So Christy actually had been coming to church for about a year. She'd been coming to church for about a year, maybe a bit shorter. Um, she was praying for me, and there was people around her, and I was, I was still just being so separate from that. But it came to this point where I was, I was, I remember being on the couch, and Christy was getting ready for church. Quite often, I'd be on the couch, just segregated from the family, not sharing, um, sort of sitting in my own guilt and shame and other bits and pieces like that. I'd been twice to church since then, so I'd, been, I'd, I'd come twice, right? And um, I'll never forget Peter, Peter, the brother Peter shared with me a couple of times he came in. He said, I come in at a point where I felt like, you know, he could tell I was closed off. He, could, he sort of seemed like I was so cool. Or, but what was going through my head in those times was the fact that I thought um, no one understood me. I thought I was at a church where no one had, you know, no one had seen my upbringing. No one had been where I'd been. No one's going to understand this. So I'd, I'd come to church those couple of times quite closed off, um, not really expecting, not vulnerable. So really, I was getting nothing from those times. The third time 
which I was on this couch, going back, I was on this couch, on my couch. The kids were getting ready for, for, to come to church. Chrissy was coming ready to come to church. And I just felt a pull in me. I felt a pull. I felt something happening inside me. I felt a decision brewing. I felt something going on for me to get off the couch and come to church today. There was a time, you know, it was just, like I said, come to this moment where I think all this was happening, and it was just stewing inside me. So I got up, I came to church. I think we might even come separately. I think Chrissy had actually already left, um, and I jumped in my wagon not so long ago, and I know she was very surprised to see me here. So I come to church, and uh, I think Brother Ian was speaking, and it came to the part at the end where, um, you know, you, you give the opportunity to hear you give your heart to the Lord. And again, this overwhelming feeling, this just overwhelming feeling in me again made me oh, raise my hand. So that day I raised my hand and I gave my heart to the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Amen to the Lord. Yeah. So from there, again, so the, the service finished and, um, you know, I was still, I felt still, I was still shy. I didn't know how to process this. I'll never forget... Um, um, Sophia comes up to me because she loves brand new Christians. <laughs> comes up to me, runs up to me with a big smile and gives it and hands me a Bible. Hands me a Bible. And um, you know, so I take this Bible and I and I go home and I'm still quite I'm just lost and I don't know what I'm feeling. I'm, I'm just trying to work out this feeling I'm getting. And I get home and again I sort of I, I shut myself from my family. Again, I went into the bathroom and I closed the door and I turned the shower on because I didn't want to hear I didn't want them to hear me crying. Because quite often through my life then, I wanted to make sure my family saw me strong. and There was a lot of guilt and everything going on. So I would shut myself off so I could process what was going on. And that might be the shower or the bedroom or something like that. But this time I went I jumped in, turned the shower on so they couldn't hear me sobbing. And I was sobbing because I was just trying to process what is happening to me right now. What is going on? And I was sitting there on my knee, or laying there, sorry, on my knees, kneeling, and I just felt the Lord tell me just to let it all go, to let all the shame, the guilt, everything like that just be washed away at that moment. He said, just let everything go. Come with me and just bring your family. Don't bring any of the other stuff. Don't bring your past. Don't bring your mistakes. Don't bring any of the stuff that's happened. Just bring your family. And it was such an overwhelming feeling that day, just to have that come about me. And then I can spend the next 20 minutes telling you about the blessings that come from that. And I'll share a little bit at the end. But I want to go back to that time on the couch, that decision, that time in trial, that time in tribulation, that time when things were tough, where I could have ran, I could have walked away. You know, I was having feelings where I felt like my family would be better without me. Maybe I should leave and run. Maybe, I don't, maybe this world doesn't want me. But there was a decision made then on that couch to get up and go, stand in front of my challenge, and the, and the result is me standing here today. So I want to share another story in the Bible, which obviously is way bigger than that, but is really cool. It's only four chapters, and we're only going to go over the first few, you know, first 18 verses, but it's the story, it's the book of Ruth. So we're going to bring up Book of Ruth, and we're going to bring up the first. Yeah, here we go. But I'll just give you, I'll give you an outline. I'm not going to go over the whole four chapters. 
but we're just going to give a quick summary. So um, there's three women. It's, it's practically about three women. I like this first, but it's about three women and, and Ruth, right? So it's, we've got Naomi, Oprah, and Ruth, and they had all lost their husbands, and they lived in Moab. They were all widows. Food was scarce, and Naomi was living as a foreigner in Moab with, um, with no relatives to help her, and all three had no means of support. So that they were at a time where really a husband was important, men around you were important, you know, having that support around you. Because back then, if you didn't have that, you were either cast aside or you were, it was going to be tough. Life was tough. You know, your expectancy of life would be very short if you did not have that type of support around you. And these three women had lost them. So Naomi had lost her husband, and both her, she'd lost both her sons who were married to these two, to Oprah and um, Ruth. Because often, you know, often most, most of our crucial decisions are made in life in the midst of trials. You know, when we have to make tough decisions, it's usually when things are going on and they're making it really hard to make these decisions because everything's going on around you, eh? And you've got all your worldly and fleshly desires telling you, you've got all this so-called wise counsel around you, which is probably Facebook and Instagram, and there's other things around you telling you what you should be doing at a time when things are tough. So we'll just go over, we'll just go over these verses. I'll read it out here. So, Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Now she's talking about Naomi making a decision. This is talking about Naomi. She's just made a decision that she's, gonna, she's had enough. Um, this is not good. We've got to go back. We're going to go back to where, she, where she's from because she's heard the Lord has supplied and fed her people. Therefore, she went out from the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on their way to return to the land of Judah. Next, please, if we can. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you. Oh, yeah, the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead. Uh, dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you may find rest, each, of you, uh, each in the house of her husband. So she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. Next one, bear with me, guys. And they said to her, surely we will return with you to your people. So this is what they're saying to Naomi. Surely we'll come with you. We've got to come with you. But Naomi said, turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still, are there still sons of my womb that they, that they may be your husband? Again, Turn back, my daughters. Go far. I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should also bear sons. So she's just looking for every reason for them to go. I think she's just looking for every reason to tell them that, you know, she can't have children anymore. I'm too old. There's no opportunity with me. Let's just go. You know, you can just go. It's too hard. It's a too hard basket. We, we've all been there. The same thing. Keep going. So we'll, next one we're going to go. Would you wait for them till they were grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Next one. And she said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. So in, these, in this sort of one to six, oh, sorry, 16, if we go back, yeah, there's sort of three decisions made from three, different, from three different people. And those three decisions have altered their future. 
completely, massively. And we, ha- we get the same today. And we're talking about a path to blessing, right? We're going to talk about, and this is their path, their path. They're actually on a path right there, right now, all three of them. You can sort of all picture them. They're all sort of sobbing. They're all trying to work things out. They're confused, you know, and they have this choice where they're trying to make a choice and, and figure out which direction they're going to go next. Naomi's made her mind up, but she's not in a good headspace. You know, and the other two daughters are just wanting to really just follow her, but Naomi's now sort of confusing them. Again, same as what we get in the world today. So Naomi's decided to go back to Judah, but as we read, she has this idea that she's broken, she's actually feeling bitter, there's just no point. And um, actually later on in the chapter, she actually changes her name to bitter, which is Mara. So that's how deep her sorrow was at that point. So, but let's just talk about Oprah. So Oprah, who decided uh, to go with Naomi, but then changed her mind, really sealing her fate. Going to the place where they, you know, going back to the place where they worshipped um, many gods. There was um, many things going on, but they did not worship the god Naomi did. They had lots of idols, the same things that we sort of can look to in today's world, the same things that are out there trying to consume us all the time, trying to take us off our path, trying to put the fork in front of us when we're trying to walk on the same path that God has put for us. Because God has given us a path. Because the God that we follow is a God that wants to bless us. He has blessings for us. And like Paul said, we can actually name, when he first spoke, we can speak about all the blessings and promises he has for us. The Bible is full of them. But he wants us to stay on this path. And there's going to be many forks we come across daily and all the time where we have to make decisions, where decisions are, are being put in our face to make sure we can fall on a path. We can either go left or go right. Or we can stay on the path where we need to to follow, to get into the steps of our blessings that the Lord has for us. And this is what's happened to Oprah. Really, she's gone the wrong path. She's made a decision based off counsel from Naomi, which is a little bit weird. Naomi's telling her not to go. And she's actually gone, now. this is actually too hard. This is my bro version. She's gone too hard. This is too hard right now. I'm just going to go to what she, you know, I'm just going to follow what Naomi said. I can't be bothered arguing with Naomi. I'm just going to go left, and I'm just going to go back to where it's easy. You never hear of, you never hear of Oprah again. You never hear of Oprah again after that. She's literally just disappears from the Bible. Um, And I guess on top of that, you've got, like I said, the counsel for Naomi, which brings me to um, what Vicky brought. She brought up Psalms 1, where it talks about counsel and wisdom and getting the right people around you as well. Again, Naomi's counsel wasn't too sharp, eh? Naomi's counsel at the time wasn't the best counsel. So again, counsel is really important to where you're at when you're making decisions. Naomi tried to pressure Ruth to go back at the same time. And if you go to verses, we won't go, verses 8, 11, 12, and 15, they're full of Naomi just saying, uh, go, go back. Go back to where you are. Just like the people say today, when we're, on, we're, on the, we're on a path to the Lord. No, bro, that's too, why would you do that? That's too, that's, that sounds too hard. Why would you push through that? Why would you go into that valley? Why would you try and... and, and love that person? Why would you try and forgive that person? Why would you try and 
take that job? Why would you, you know, why would you do that? You're always going to have that coming to you. But you need to be able to seek counsel and follow your heart. Just like Reuben said, trust in your heart, trust in the Lord to make the right decision at these forks in the road. So you got Naomi telling her to go back three or four times when we know we have a God that doesn't tell us to go back. We have a God that tells us to go forward. Yeah. We'll never have a God telling us to go back. Yeah. We don't have a God of going back. We don't have a God that'll tell you, oh, walk into the, oh, no, don't, come back. No, actually, don't try, no, come back. We don't have a God that does that. We have a God that tells us to walk forward, to never go back, to stand firm, I also reckon um, Oprah lacked a little bit of faith. She, acted, she didn't have faith in what she was feeling. So originally, she wanted to go with Naomi. She's confused. You know, indecisiveness will cause you to miss a blessing. <laughs> Obviously, God wants to bless us, and he'll probably bring you, he'll bring you back round again. Like your blessing could be right here. But because you're indecisive and we haven't pushed through something that was awkward, your blessing's back over here now. Faith is an act on what we haven't experienced yet, to believe in blessings we haven't experienced yet, and to trust God. You need to believe that where you are is the place you need to be. Or where you're going is the place you need to be going. You need to have faith and trust that that is the path. Right, so let's... So we've talked about Naomi. Naomi's... We didn't, we didn't bring too much of Naomi up, so we just... We, she's made her decision. She's a bit bitter. She's made, we've talked about Oprah now and where that led her, which is indecisiveness and lack of faith. And now she's gone back to her idols and um, back to, to worship whatever she may worship. Now let's talk about Ruth. Ruth, sorry. In this case, Ruth made the right decision, especially compared to Oprah. Now here's the results of Ruth's decision, which will probably blow your mind, really, because I don't know if you know the book of Ruth, and if you haven't, Please go and read. It's only four chapters. Go read it after this. It's an amazing story. So Ruth meets her nine inch. So she decides to go with. Um, she decides to go with um, Naomi. Thank you, Paul. She decides to go with Naomi. So, but through that, she pushed through what she needed to. So one of the things that Ruth had was she had a good feeling. She had a feeling about this. So can we bring up the last couple of verses, please? I think it's 16 to 18. But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. For people shall be my people. For, sorry, your people shall be my people. And your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will, there will I be buried. 
the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything, but death parts you from me, or you and me. So what Naomi had was, one, Naomi went with what she felt. And I can guarantee you, most of the time we've come to big decisions or great or decisions that have affected us, especially at our fork in the road. Like I can go back to um, my decision on that couch, what I felt. You know, that was the Lord. As much as I think I've probably made a decision there, the Lord probably made the decision for me. Ruth is in the same sort of fork where everything looks easier. Like I said, I could have run. Ruth could have run. But Ruth has gone with what she felt and she trusted the Lord, Naomi's Lord, because she's also heard that Naomi's Lord is feeding people in the land where she's from. She's like, I want that Lord. And we have that same Lord. The same Lord that can provide for you. The same Lord that's going to bless you when you come out of whatever you're going through. The same Lord that will bless you to go in whatever you're going through. He is a good God. So Ruth meets her knight in shining armor after going with, uh, into, after going with Naomi. She meets a man named Boaz. They marry. She has a son named Obed. Obed had a son named, I think it's Jess, Jesse or Jess, who had 12 sons, the youngest of whom is named David. That's the same David, the shepherd boy, who slayed Goliath. Listen, this is so awesome. So she's in this fork in this road and she's made this decision. God probably made the decision for her. But she's at this time where she's making a decision that's now gone on to this. How would she have known? You know, she faced, as much as Naomi was telling her not to go and the other path looked easier, she pushed through that. Now look what's coming from this. This is just a small part. So, yes, it's David, so David who became King David. So that's King David. That's from, that's from Ruth. Who then would to go on, who created a great kingdom, King David, who then also wrote a big part of the Bible, the truth. Mind-blowing. All from that one decision. But it gets even bigger than that. Many prophets prophesied that the great Messiah would come through the line of David. And it ends, so the book, the the chapters end with this, with with a genealogy, but there's also a genealogy in Matthew. So Matthew begins his gospel with an extended genealogy that begins with a non-Israelite, Ruth, and her Jewish husband, Boaz. And that genealogy goes on to show the birth of Jesus. What a major blessing that is. What a major blessing. From that one decision, she gets to be, she gets to be the bloodline of Jesus. Through that one decision she made when it was really tough, when everything was really low, she didn't know what to do. Her husband had died. She didn't think there was no way back in a time where she was pretty much destined to die. Her counsel around her was telling her to give up. Things looked really hard. But she pushed through that moment. She pushed through that time. And look what's come of that. Look what's come of that. And my, my story is obviously nothing like that, but mine's the same. 
for something I pushed through such an amazing time, such a, such a hard time, the blessings that have come from that. Just like these blessings here, which are generational, now, I mean, cured the world. My family is on a different track. You know, the relationships with my wife and the relationship with my children is now generational. That blessing is not just now, it's now generational. My kids now carry that blessing over. So in my world, it's changed my world. You know? One of the, you know, just to share with you a couple of things, just my children, they raise their hands and sing and worship to the Lord. You know, I'm having a shower this morning, worship music's on, I can hear my kids screaming out to the songs. How, how much that warms my heart. And I know it warms the Lord's heart as well because it's the path He had for us. And it all came from that time when I'm on the couch, I'm at my worst, and I think life is at its worst. And look what's come from that. Whether that's me or the Lord, look how amazing that is. I mean, obviously the Lord is and all of that. But just from that one moment, that one decision to go with your heart or to go with the Holy Spirit, to just to trust in that. And we have that daily. You know, we don't have major forks. It's not about major forks. And you don't have to go through trials and tribulations just to receive blessing. That's not what I'm trying to get across here. The whole point is that we have a Lord that wants to bless us. He has a path for us. And it's about sticking to that path. And sometimes... It might look tough, and it might look dark, and it might look heavy, but you just got to stick in there. And that whole time out of that, like um, with, with, with Ruth and, in, and myself, I, there was times where I know it got tough, but you just stuck in there. We stuck in there because the blessing is at the end, or well, the blessings are through that. Many blessings come from the path. Many blessings come from the outcome. Because if what, what if we listened to Ruth? Uh, sorry, what if Ruth had listened to Naomi? To Naomi's, to, Na, to Naomi's, um, what we call her counsel back then. What if um, she just went back to her false gods? What if you did the same? When it got tough, you just turned around and went back to what you knew was easy. What about if you listened to those friends just told you to give up, not worry about it? It's a big what if. And if using Ruth an example, man, you don't know what you're missing out on. We would never heard of Ruth. She would never met Boaz. Boaz would never had a son named Obed. And thus they would never have been Jesse, David. I don't know if Jesse or David. And no kingdom of David and hence no line of David. And God would have worked through a different family to bring the Messiah. God would have brought the Messiah. We know that. But Ruth has been blessed and for her bloodline having that. So if we bring this all together, everything we've heard over this series, there are many things that will help you make decisions in these forks. Like Paul brought up, he Paul brought up, you know, Jesus is the walker. What I got a lot from Paul's was the living water. What are you, what, what's the living water running through? Especially when you're making decisions. Especially when you're at that fork in the road. How are you going to make a decision? 
Are you going to make a decision based off your worldly and fleshly desires and the things that you think are easy, whether it runs through your soul, where all your emotions, everything kick in? Or are you going to make it based off your Holy Spirit, the Spirit that you've been gifted with? But how are you going to hear that? You're going to hear that through spending time in the world, like Vicky, so meditating, putting Scripture on your heart. You know, and I know with myself, sometimes I can read Scripture all the time, but you'd be surprised how much Scripture comes up, even if you can't remember it sometimes. Some, you know, next thing you know, something will come up, you know, just like even today before I'm speaking, I just know just the Lord doesn't put fear in me. The Lord's not a God of confusion. You know, I just know, you know, so there's just times that as much as, as much as you need Scripture and you're, trying to, and you're trying to read and trying to memorize it, yes, you can, but don't forget, it is being planted on your heart. Seeds are being sown into your heart. You have Rubens, which is trust. Trust in the Lord and perspective. What glasses are you looking through when you're making these decisions? Your perspective on everything going around you. What are you trusting? Where's your trust? Is your trust in yourself? Is your trust in everyone else around you? Or is it in the Lord? Because we know where the true trust is. We know where the trust is that you should be trusting, and that's in the Lord. Because that's where the blessing is. That's where your path is meant to be. That's where he's put you. He's put you on this path for an outcome he has for you, whether it's for the, to have the Messiah or for it's whether to break chains in your family. It's enough for me, just the chains that have been broken, full stop. Those things. Trust and perspective. So we face difficult situations in life all the time. But it's important to make the right decisions. Don't cover things up. Don't run away. Don't even portray that life or family and everything's really easy when it's not. Sometimes you just got to be real. You just got to be real with the people around you and real with yourself of actually where you're at. Because if you cover it up, all it's going to do is hurt you more. And secondly, don't give up. Don't return to your life, your former life. Don't return to your former sins. Don't return to your, your former perspective. Don't lean on your own understanding. Instead, step up. Do the right thing. Follow God. Trust Him, just like Ruth did. Because Ruth is a perfect example of trusting and what the outcome can be. I think you've got many examples. There probably is many examples of when you've trusted your heart and you've trusted the Lord and the outcome has come. So I just want to close now. I just want to close our eyes and, and I just want to think about maybe the times that, you know, where we're at now with some of the decisions we have to make 
now and some of the things that we're carrying, some things that are going on right now. And I'm just going to pray for you. I just want you to release anything you've got right now. Get rid of all the different perspectives and surrender everything you have. Lord, love, Father, we just thank you for your love. We thank you no matter where we are in light, you uh, in love, uh, sorry, in life, you are there. We thank you no matter what valley we're in, no matter what season we're in, you are always there. And we thank you for that. We thank you that you're near and never far. So Father, we just pray that we realize that, that we're present to your nearness. Father, we just, we surrender everything we have on our hearts that is stopping us from receiving and walking on the path, Father. For the doors that you open for us, Father, we just pray that we walk through them, that we're present to them, Father. That we're present to your Spirit, that we've been just so blessed, so blessed and gifted with, Father, that we hear that. So we know where to go, Father. So we know what step to take, Father. We thank you for the courage that you give us to make these decisions. We will climb mountains with our hands wide open. We thank you that we can run into your arms unafraid because you have arms of love, Father. Father, I just pray that we make the right decisions that are holding us back now or things that we're through, any valleys that we're in, any storms we're in, Father. We just pray that we can just have what we need to have, Father, and abundance to be able to make the right decisions, Father. Father, we just pray for chains to be broken, Father, for chains to hit the floor, Father, for those chains never to be raised again, Father, for us to stand on those chains, Father, and for them to be replaced with the joys and the fruits of you, Father. We thank you for your eternal love, Father, your forgiveness, and your grace, Father, your grace upon us, Father. What a good God you are, that you are guiding us. We thank you for leaving the porch light on, Father, so we always know where home is. What a good God you are. We thank you for your love, Father. Father, we love you. We love you, Father. Amen.